Podcast, Episode 7, Fantastic Four, 2015. Welcome to Sequel Quest, the podcast that dares to imagine sequels to your favorite films and movie franchises. A journey into the realm of cinematic possibilities. With your hosts, Adam, Jeff, Justin, and Jeremy. Let the adventure begin now. Welcome to Sequel Quest. We are excited to have you here this week. And uh, whether you are joining us from the 27th floor of the Baxter Building or the uh, wastelands of Planet Zero, we are glad that you've given us a chance and uh, decided to, to be here today. This is uh, an exciting episode. We've got some, uh, some surprises in store for you. Uh, we are going to be covering 2015's, yes, very recent, Fantastic Four reboot film. Now, before we delve too deep into today's adventure, we want to introduce you to our Fantastic Four podcasting hosts. I'm the invisible podcaster, Adam. I'm the thing, and it's clobbering time for Jeremy. And I would be your Mr. Fantastic, Jeff. And we have with us this week a very special guest host, rounding out our quartet. The Human Torch, Preston. I'm some hot stuff. And we are excited to have Preston here with us this week. Justin uh, was off on another adventure to save the world. So uh, we are glad to uh, have a, a fill-in here, someone who's going to bring his own unique uh, wit and ideas to the forefront here. Uh, what would you say is your main qualification, Preston, for joining us this well, week? I saw the movie once. So I think I saw it. That's all we need. <laughs> what are the few? I think, I I think saw, are there 10 of you? I saw it with the thing. Yes, and, we uh, uh, we went to the theater and we survived this movie. I was going to say it's the most fun that we had together watching a movie since we saw After Earth. Exactly. Oh, topping that even? Wow. Oh, not topping it, but it was pretty entertaining. It was probably in the same ballpark. <laughs> now, to our listening audience out there, you may have... Uh, either totally miss this film coming out or you abhor the film. Uh, there's, there's kind of only two directions. I think you can go based on the reactions <laughs> probably seen online. So you either didn't know about it or man, you wish you didn't, uh, Jeff, where do you fall into the film itself or just your history with the fantastic four? Yeah. Uh, it was funny. I, I, I was one of the, well, it seems fewer and fewer as the time goes on that appreciated the original. Can you call it the original? I don't know. The, the, the ones from the, from 2000. And so, so we're a, discounting a reboot, the Roger I felt Corman was very film. unnecessary. And then I actually saw it and I felt it was even more so unnecessary. Uh, I actually saw it as part of a double feature and we saw Ant-Man afterwards. And so Ant-Man apparently was really, really awesome after we had to sit through two hours of Fantastic Four. I would agree. It would stand out as much more awesome than the Fantastic yeah. Four. How about you, Preston? What You guys said you saw it together, but under duress, what was your reason for seeing the film? Well, we, we get bad ideas sometimes, and we're like, hey, this movie's going to suck. Let's go watch it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> 
So a little background on this. We heard how horrible After Earth was. So we decided we were going to go see it on a Monday night. Like, it opened on Friday. We went to go see it on Monday. We were in the smallest theater, in the smallest upstairs little room at this major theater complex. And there were about three or four people, including us, in that room. And I thought it was just us. No, there were a couple people. I, I think there was a couple behind us. And we sat in the front row and just tore it to shreds. Like Mystery Science Theater 3000, we ripped it as it was going. And the couple wow. behind us talked to us afterward, and they were like, you guys were more entertaining than the movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you were endorsed. Yeah. Yes. So when we uh, when we heard how bad this movie was, and granted, I was following it as closely as possible, and it... <laughs> Josh Trank sank this ship, sadly. He he dropped a tweet on Thursday after the first initial reactions were coming out that said, hey, I had a fantastic movie one year ago planned for you guys, but you'll never see it. And that blew right. up. Uh, there was a lot of controversy there, right? Like between him and, and Fox. Right, studio. right. And so we had to go see this train wreck. Like, we were ready to rubberneck on the highway as we're passing a wreck. Like, we just needed to go see this and see what all the fuss was about. And no, I wasn't it didn't disappoint. Sounds like it gave you a lot of fodder. No. Oh, definitely did not disappoint. We we had a good time. Like, in all honesty, the first half of that movie, excellent. Almost straight off the comics page of the Ultimates run. But there are three words that sink this movie. And those three words are one year later. After that point, the movie just went mm. in the toilet. You know you got to shoehorn a, a one year later transition in there when the uh, corporate suddenly takes over your movie and tells you your script is no good. Well, and yeah. And then substitutes their own. Right. Well, so, they, so they, wait, the one year later was the tweet, you mean? No, 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 no. In the movie. No, in the movie, the one year later where they jump ah. a year, that's... Right pretty much where the studio took over. You can tell that's where the pacing changes and not in a good way. So you were good with it up until then? I it was fine. Like it was it was a decent origin story and granted it might have seemed long in a few places, but at the same time it gave you enough to latch on to at least um Reed and Ben. True. There was a in lot fact, of I would first... say only Reed and Ben. Right. And right. It there... did feel to me like that because and I don't I didn't time it or anything, but it felt like one year later was about an hour and 15 minutes in. And that's my major problem <laughs> where it was just like we spent 80 percent of this movie watching these people that weren't the Fantastic Four. Why am I wasting my time with all of this? And it just oh, it just took way too long to finally get them there. Yeah, I uh, I believe I've listened to a few other podcasts that actually sat there with a timer to see how long it took him to get the powers, <laughs> and and it varies be between their their times. It's it's about fifty minutes, about fifty to fifty five minutes is where the accident, the incident happens. Granted, it's only an hour and forty minutes long, and it feels like there was a lot of this movie that so. that ended up on the cutting room floor. <laughs> It feels so much longer than that. Oh, it was crawling gosh. around on the floor. It did. <laughs> it just was so painful. And for me, some of the worst things, and it's it's funny that, and, and Fox is maybe, 
Well, I guess the the ones that 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 Marvel and Disney have done, they haven't really had as many of the iconic lines. But Fox has clearly not wanted to use any of the iconic lines of their characters, or or but not in, in one, a they good way. Help themselves exactly. So they're like, what was it? Did wasn't it like Ben's brother? Yeah, that That's uses it's says. clobbering it's time. It's time. Are you kidding me? Oh yeah. my gosh! And in a and way, again, it, my. It, it kind of teases it that it's more of a family tie that's the line <laughs> was, is tied yeah. to the family. Well, and it's the whole, like for me too, the, well, there are so many problems that I have, but maybe the largest one was the fact that apparently when he comes back, when doom comes back from this realm planet, whatever, having sucked up all of the energy of this <laughs> entire planet, he can now kill people with a single thought. Hey, so we're, then we're, the Fantastic Four are like, we will stop him. I'm like, how? <laughs> He's invincible. All he has to do is look at you when you're dead. I, I, but no. They... <laughs> let, me, let me just confess here that um, it, uh, unlike most of our episodes, this is the film that I did not see in theaters. This is the film that I am not familiar with. However, I come from the background of just being a comic book fan. So, of course, the Fantastic Four have been around. I mean, they were the first Marvel comic, like in in the literal sense of what we think of Marvel comics today. I mean, and so it's it's a scenario where they have a long, long history dating back to the 60s. And there's a lot going on there. Um, And they've been interpreted in many ways. I mean, there were cartoons in in yeah. the 70s that were done and actually up to this point you know including the tim story and roger corman films i feel that the cartoons were the most you know perfect adaptation of the fantastic four at least you know do you consider successful so for me like when i when i looked at this film and i saw the trailer and then i started reading the reviews and everything i was just like wow they just, i mean it's a, it's a literal Let's just, you know, and like Jeremy said, it's based on the ultimate comic. So they really did use a lot of elements there. Um, so, but it, it was just, it just seems so far off from the attitude of the Fantastic Four that you generally get, which is kind of this overly like melodramatic family, you know, that, that happens to have superpowers and they get along. So like when I look at, um, you know what what they've done here and it just seems so drab and it just seems so crazy in terms of like the you know the, the lack of enthusiasm that every character seems to have like it just doesn't play very well like I look at Tim Story's film or films you know first one and Rise of the Silver Surfer and I just I look at that but I can't I can't get get away from you know what he had the essence right they may have been stupid they may have been ridiculous but it was a situation where you're just like i you know now i'm seeing what i'm seeing and i can't believe it you know (laughs) when i felt and i feel like for me that's what i enjoyed about those first two is that is i thought the casting was really really solid like because i grew up i'm kind of like you adam that uh, i grew up like for, for me as a comic book fan when I was in, in middle school and in high school that it was kind of like Fantastic Four was like intro to comics where it was kind of like there was nothing that they right. did that was that I mean if you went into like historic Fantastic Four you're like okay they got into some serious stuff but they were always interacting with everybody else but they were never really edgy or really that big of a you know whatever they were kind of the vanilla comic um, 
but you know, yeah, that that the, the the characters were very uh, iconic, I suppose. And I still, I mean, Chris Evans, I still thought was such an awesome. I couldn't have picked a better Johnny Storm. I think he's actually a better Johnny Storm than he is a Captain America, and he's pretty good Captain. Wow. America. Wow! Oh, that's uh, a controversial statement. First shots fired. Uh, I love. I will say that I Michael Chiklis. The, the exactly. Yeah. The commission as, he was as the thing, and uh, and even what's his name that was Mister Fantastic. Look. Ian Graffold. Ian. Ian Graffold. Yeah. Now Jessica well, Alba. Now, uh, Okay, yeah. but hey, what does yeah. Sue really do? Come on, fantastic <laughs> the physical woman. She just kind of like I was even thinking that when we're, when we're writing our sequels, and I'm just kind of like, so her character is that she's in love with Reed. Okay, no, that's, she's that's the one. She's the one that gets him. invisible and and loses her clothes a lot for some reason, and that seems to be the reason uh, she was cast. Unfortunately, exactly. yeah. Well, but well, she, but she is supposed to be a heartthrob. Well, that's true too. These, but in in the comics, like work. she is supposed to be everyone's drool. I mean, Doctor Doom is always all over her. Prince, uh, uh, the the Submariner is always all over her. Like everybody's always all over Invisible Woman. So now I will say, could just go back to your what you said, Jeff, about the Fantastic Four not being all that interesting uh, in the comics. I agree. They they always just kind of were the mainstays, but didn't have much to offer. The only time I ever wanted to read them was like at the end of the Secret Wars maxi series in the eighties when She Hulk joined and took over yeah. for the thing like that was See, awesome you know for a while there there was oh, a female thing who was in the fantastic four so there's just like all sorts of stuff like that where it got interesting when they mixed it up but i just like the original four was always like okay now they're upset at each other again you right. know more family <laughs> again you know? right the the fantastic four have kind of been like a revolving door uh from time to time like swapping in and swapping out members um, I think currently they're actually spaced off, uh, like Johnny's off with the Inhumans now and things doing something with the Avengers. Like they're, they're all, they're not the Fantastic Four in the comics right now. Well, right. Well, and at a certain point canceled, they were totally they? replaced. Well, there was the one controversial comic that, uh, where Marvel essentially killed the Fantastic Four. Like they blew up the Baxter building with them in it mm-hmm. and then just left it at that. But I believe that was right about the time Fox announced that they were going to do another movie. So that was kind of Marvel's way of saying, hey, no, give us back. <laughs> give us back the first family or we're just going to not use them in the comics anymore. And it is the so tough think- thing along those lines, Jeremy, that that's that's in watching any of these Fox Marvel movies. It's so difficult because it, like we've talked about before, I think Marvel and Disney are doing such a good job of bringing the authenticity. Like this is as close as you can get to actually having the comic book on screen. Whereas Fox is just like to heck with that, man, we're going, <laughs> you know, the complete other direction. And so often it's just crap, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. X-Men Origins Wolverine. Enough God. said. Amen. Yes. Oh. Gospel truth. Most, gospel truth. Most anything with X-Men. So for Jeremy, for, for people like myself who did not see the film in theaters or possibly at all, what is what is the story really all about that we're trying to repair? All right. So Reed is recruited out of high school because he keeps working on this project for teleportation, interdimensional travel, and is succeeding where the bigwigs and the scientists keep failing, mainly in the fact of bringing something back. Dr. Storm and his adoptive daughter, Sue, invite 
Reed to join them at the Baxter Institute. While Reed joins them and begins working on the project, Dr. Storm goes after the environmental hacker known as Victor Von Doom and recruits him to rejoin the project that he had started years before. Also joining the team is Dr. Storm's own son, Johnny, because, in Dr. Storm's words, he can build anything. Upon successfully being able to send and retrieve a chimp from Planet Zero, the government decides that they are going to put together a team of NASA scientists to go and explore Planet Zero. Reed, Victor, and Johnny all share a drink in lamenting this bad news. Well, Reed drunk dials Ben and tells him to hurry up and get over here because we are going to be Neil Armstrong, not the guys that put together the Apollo mission. Once the boys suit up and activate the quantum gate, Sue notices that the quantum gate has been activated and heads to headquarters while alerting her father. The boys, now on the other side, have found and began to interact with a green substance that reacts to organic material. Something goes awry and the planet begins to convulse and an eruption happens. The boys run for the quantum gate pod, but Doom falls to his apparent death and is swallowed up by the green substance. The other three luckily make it to the pod, but that is where their luck runs out because the pod controls are broken. Johnny catches fire as his chute malfunctions. Ben is unable to get his chute fully closed and rocks from the planet wind up in his chute. On arrival, back on Earth destroys the quantum gate and a blast of radiation from the planet sweeps through the lab and knocks Sue away from her computer lab where she manually brought the pod back to Earth. Reed awakens and gathers his senses and begins crawling towards his buddy Ben who is calling for him from a pile of rocks once he gets close, he looks back and notices that his leg is still trapped under a pile of debris and has stretched an abnormal amount. Reed passes out. We pass through a scene where we see Johnny laying on a table, fully engulfed in flames. Another of Sue as she fades in and out of visibility. And Ben looking like a pile of rocks. Reed awakens on a strange sort of operating table and can hear cries from Ben hollering out his name. Once the doctors leave his room, he escapes by using the air vent and sadly cannot help Ben as he escapes and runs for his own life. And that's when one year later happens. And before we move on there, I would add something that with that body horror stuff, it was actually really well done. It was. Like, it was one of the better parts of the movie. That was like the last vestige of the original director before cor corporate came in with the one year later transition. Agreed. And I did some research on Trank because I wasn't sure how, how he was as a director. I know Kevin Smith did a three-part, two-hour-each interview with him. Got his whole story up until the beginning of filming Fantastic Four. Well, the last part was supposed to come out after the movie came out, and it's not going to happen. But he did say that was one of his influences for the movie, was having the whole body horror thing. And it looks like that was the last thing he had control over. <laughs> one year later.
Okay, this is where the games are all made up and the points don't matter. The government finds Reed, brings him back, helps them recreate the quantum gate in order to send more astronauts back over to find a cure. When the scientists go over, they find Victor, who is now fused with his suit that he wore over and is now covered in like a metallic style suit. Weird, very weird. Anyway, while Doom is here, back on Earth, his power set isn't really explained all that well except for the fact that he can blow up people's heads as he does to Dr. Harvey Allen, played by Tim Blake Nelson, who again plays a comic character who never reaches his full potential as his super alias. Anyway, Dr. Allen's head blows up and Doom blows up a bunch of more people's heads on his way out and decides to create a black hole in order to swallow up the Earth in order to recreate it back on Planet Zero in his own vision. So now Black Hole is created, Dr. Storm is dying because Doom zapped him, and in typical superhero fashion, our four heroes band together and are beaten one by one by Doom back on Planet Zero. Well, they finally decide teamwork is the way to go and team up and beat him by Sue making herself and the thing invisible. Reed and Johnny distracting Doom so that Sue and Ben can sneak up on Doom, where Thing finally gets a punch in, yells it's clobbering time, and knocks Doom up into the black hole and is, supposedly, disintegrated. The government grants a facility for the four of them, along with all the happy worker bees that they will need in order to try to find a solution to their current state. And they roll credits. Right. So and so what what we have kind of set out for ourselves with this particular episode is we've kind of said, you know what, what could have been done, you know, aside from letting Josh Trank do what they hired him to do. And and uh, we're, you know, we're assuming it would have been fantastic based on the, the first 45 minutes we got. So then saying to ourselves, okay, what what could we then do? What would the sequel to this film have really been able to accomplish? How could you turn it around to something that people did care about, something they'd be interested in and excited about, which I don't think has happened with any Fantastic Four film, aside from maybe when the Silver Surfer was in there, people got their hopes up and they were they were quickly dashed. Yeah. But uh <laughs> but why don't we just go ahead and get into our pitches? All right, lead us off here, Jeff. I'm going to go in, huh? Okay. Now, the first thing that is difficult is that I, I decided I'm not even going to, to, to mess with it anymore. I'm just going to say the sequel would be Fantastic Four gets reacquired by Marvel. So I said, you know, to heck with Fox. I'm done. I'm moving on from there because I can't do it. I can't do it otherwise. Cause now, it, and again, now, hold on. Hold on. If you're doing that, are you recasting or just incorporating this movie? Oh. I figure if we're going to call it a sequel to this movie, I can't recast it. But I am, maybe this can be done in in partnership with Marvel, something like that. Because I think to what you were saying, Adam, I think if we're gonna we're gonna write this ship, 
what makes the Fantastic Four intriguing is that they do interact with everybody. They're hanging out with, you know, they're consulting with Hank Pym and they're consult, you know, Reed Richards is always around, you know, Tony Stark and Hank Pym and everybody like that. And, you know, they're, they're, they're fighting with the X-Men and they're, they're just, they're everywhere. And especially as we're moving into the, this next phase of the Infinity Gauntlet, like it so sets itself up for the Fantastic Four who started that whole thing going. So, uh, we open, my film opens with um, uh, maybe a little, little, a little salt in the wound for those that do remember uh, uh, the previous films. But it's going to start with a planet and maybe just kind of showing some, you know, scenes with the people on the planet that are living. These are aliens, though, so they can look preferably not too alien, but just alien-y. I mean, I guess they could be like Cree or Skrull or whatever, but whatever. They're living their lives, and then uh, a cloud appears, and it's this giant space cloud sort of a thing, and as it comes closer and closer and closer, eventually it starts actually devouring the planet. So there could be like a pretty cool, like, 10-minute sequence of this cloud devouring and destroying this planet and then as finally as this planet is is destroyed the cloud you know heads off and as the cloud is heading off we feel like we start to see an outline of a figure inside of that cloud so then we go back to the fantastic four and the fantastic four by this time have become the celebrity heroes that they are in the comic books everybody loves the fantastic four they live in the baxter building like they're going around and they're saving people and they're doing and blah 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 blah. they're they're superstars uh we we get to see johnny really taking his role as this ladies man who's this hot shot daredevil and everything and he's he's you know suave and and you know, whatever he is. Ben is the total sad sack that's always moping, moping around about, oh, I look like a rock. And I think it'd be cool to introduce <laughs> Alicia because that does give him a little bit of humanity. Um, Richard uh, Reed is always in his lab, always working, always doing everything. I feel like it might be... I would want to do it, but I wouldn't want it to be cheesy to be something about he's working so hard that his hair starts to go gray. Because you got to give him some, you got to give him the look, man. Right, a right. little bit. Maybe yeah, they definitely. could joke about it. And then again, Sue does what Sue does. Uh, I don't know. She has a crush on Reed, but he doesn't get it. I, I, that's about that's about all I could come up with. Because all the comic books I read, it would show her like shopping. I'm like, really? Whatever. So then, anyway, so then as Reed is working, he uh, gets a visit from um, what's her name? I can never remember her name. The one Herald of Galactus that has like the fire hair or whatever. Nova. Uh, one of the. Oh no, she's is that Frankie what Nova. Is her name? Yeah. Okay, so that one shows up, and, and I feel like maybe shows up in disguise, so that because it's a little bit jarring, if you know, with the orange head and everything like that. So whatever shows up and tells Reed like, hey, you know, there's this thing, and it's called Galactus, and it's been doing this, and it's been doing this, and whatever, and uh, we need your help because it's headed right for the most densely populated, blah 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 blah, whatever. So Reed has already been, as he always is, he's inventing sixteen thousand different things at the same time, and one of them happens to be an incredibly fast spaceship. So he finishes with the spaceship, and he says, "Okay, guys, we got to go out, and we got to, you know, the people need our help." So he goes out, and they are led by Nova to uh, this planet, and they actually find the cloud, Galactus, 
devouring a planet. And as this is happening, the planet actually explodes in some. I don't know if, I mean, there's you know something in the core or something that it, it doesn't react the way that planets normally do. So it explodes and it na- knocks Galactus unconscious. So then just imagine this giant, like, being and for me i kind of like the idea that the camera would never show his entire body so we would always just get like a hand or a foot or a something like that because it's so oh, massive yeah. and um so anyway then they kind of go in and read you know that they spend a while examining it and figuring out blah blah blah, blah and reed comes up with a conclusion that you know, this this creature is actually, you know, older than the entire universe to the extent that he's actually a force of nature and something that is important for our universe, for the balance of our universe. So he actually figures out a way to revive him and to save him. So Galactus comes back. Galactus moves on. Then he attacks. I kind of see him attacking the scrolls, although the scrolls look weird, but whatever. They can have the you know, just the lines on their chin. Maybe they're not as green as they are in the comics. So anyway, he goes after and he, like, attacks. Well, usually he only goes for planets because what would be the other point? So maybe he attacks, like, a moon, but it's like a base of the scrolls. So then the scrolls come after Reed, and they say that you, you know, you were arresting you for crimes against the galaxy because you have brought Galactus back. Creed, uh, Reed pleads guilty, saying, yes, I did actually save him, but this is the reason why, because he actually is a... A force of nature. He is something that needs to needs to survive. Uh, the Fantastic Four they start looking for a way to save Reed, and they find out that the only because all of these witnesses are coming forward about their planets being destroyed and stuff like that, and they find out that there's only the only hope that they have is there is a former herald of Galactus that would be able to testify because he knows the background, he knows where Galactus actually came from, he knows the backstory, and that is Thanos. So they go and they find Thanos and they says, okay, I, I will do it. However, like so-and-so, whatever, I've, maybe the collector, that's an easy one, has this item that you need to give get to, for me. If you get this for me, I will testify. So they do. It turns out to be, of course, an Infinity Gem. And they give the Infinity Gem to Thanos. Thanos then testifies. So Reed is set free. But then they kind of realize that, wait a minute, you know, maybe the, the greater wrong was... Thanos, and that's kind of how we end the end this film, tying it directly in though to the start of the Infinity War. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It sounds like you've really you've said, "Hey, Kevin Feige, this is how we're doing it. Yeah, <laughs> this is how we're really setting this up." Exactly. Because nice. again, like I, I think it's it's because it sets up. Because right now in Marvel, we have no idea who Thanos is. Thanos is just this purple guy who just showed up, and I guess he's mean and whatever. But like. His background as a herald of Galactus and everything like that, this sets all that up, too. And, of course, we appreciate that you actually gave Galactus a corporeal form. Right. <laughs> yeah, I was worried exists. there. He is not just a cloud, yeah. <laughs> Again, that's why I said introducing him as a cloud, I'm like, some people might already be grumbly because of its bad history, but it right. does make a lot of sense, I think, because it's, it's kind of like, like, why like would in, you... um, like an independent just to make it again. Well, like in Independence Day, where they introduce them, and initially they're clouds, but then the spaceship comes out of the clouds. Okay, like a grand reveal. Yeah, yeah, kind of a grand reveal. All right, Jeremy, what do you got? Oh, boy. My idea was kind of where it could go either way. If Fox is going to keep it themselves and do it, I could stay in that realm and, and make a movie that way. But 
as Jeff said, it would be much more entertaining and much more value in it if Marvel were to reacquire them. And if they did reacquire them, more than likely they would push their movie, uh, their solo film would be after the Infinity War, kind of as the way to uh, continue in Phase 5 or Phase 4 or whatever after the Infinity War, because we know contracts are ending, people are going to die, they're going to get recast. So this would be a way that you could introduce like a Reed Richards and Sue Storm and introduce them throughout, sprinkled through the other movies leading up, and not have to do a full-on Fantastic Four movie for another five, six, seven, eight years to where the palette has been cleansed, everybody's okay with these guys, and then do their movie. So in that case, we would have the Fantastic Four Annihilus. That would be the title. Essentially, the opening of the movie would be our current Fantastic Four would be taking out the Red Ghost and the Super Apes. I had to go something kind of cheesy for the opening baddie, and it would set up this whole scene of where, out of nowhere, they've stopped the Super Eights, they've sent them off to prison, and they're standing around in the street celebrating, and there's a bright flash of light, and standing before them is Future Reed and Future Sue. In casting Future Reed and Future Sue... I would cast Nathan Fillion and Jessica Chastain. Yes! <laughs> wow. I knocked it out Nathan of the park Fillion. with those two. <laughs> and at this point, they would come back and they would be sharing this horrible news that Galactus had just devoured Ben and Johnny. And so we wouldn't have to recast a future of those two because now future Reed and future Sue are going to help Reed, Sue, Johnny, and Ben figure out a way to set things straight so that Galactus doesn't end up uh, winning. So they're kind of mentoring the youngins to take care of Galactus down the road in the future. And with that, like we can introduce that Galactus was working with the the scrolls at that point because the scrolls would no longer be off limits and we could introduce one of the many super scrolls to be the big bat at the end of the uh, the movie. And so by the end of the movie, future ben, or future Reed and future Sue would disappear again, and our team would be prepared to head into the future. That's uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a about really all I got. Interesting way. Yeah, nice. I mean, but, but that's that just that concept of it. Like, oh you said, wait, no, no, mean, no. That, that's oh, holy, <gasps> wait. holy cow! I forgot. But there's more. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, it would also include Doctor Doom is back. He didn't die in the whatever bright beaming light that swallowed up everything else and destroyed it, he was teleported to the land of Annihilus. Okay, I would have to change the title of this movie. Anyway, Doom would have to end up on uh, the world of Annihilus, and that's where he gets his metal suit of armor and his mask. And he's come back after years, come back in time, and has taken stake in Latveria, and has begun his reign. So his tech is much more advanced than even Tony Stark at this point, and he would have dabbled in the sorcery, and we would have a more true-to-form Doctor Doom at this point. I, I haven't cast Doctor Doom, but we would, we would find somebody that sounds menacing. 
like not Toby Keller, Kebble, whatever his name was. Yeah, I think I think that time travel element, though, of using that, like you said, just that that is how you've righted the wrongs of of the film. You've just said, you know what? Exactly. We could fix this. We can go back to the beginning and we can go to the future. And then they kind of meet in the middle eventually as, you know, this is this is what you all really wanted. This is the ideal, you know, form of the Fantastic yeah, Four. That's really because in my mind, you would have uh, when Doom lands on a nihilist world or whatever, they would be able to remove the planetary goo off of him that was melted to him, and that would leave him severely disfigured, and that's where they begin to make him a suit for life support and to uh, to protect him and to hide his purely disfigured face. All right. Well, Preston, what do you got for us? All right. Here we go. I had a lot of ideas, like, from the original second movie we would recycle a lot of those plot points but we would do them right this time wait are you bringing it back (laughs) under (laughs) proper marvel or i don't even care sure why not but this is something fox could do if they would just do it right nobody would care um (laughs) i i don't think they can they, they can't they they won't they i don't know what's going wrong there but okay galactus is a humanoid god We got that, right? Right. He's not a cloud. He's not a nebula. He's not a lightning force. (laughs) One lightning. He's a guy with the crazy hat that sits in a chair and eats planets, okay? (laughs) We're going to bring Galactus back the way he's supposed to be done. We're going to bring in Von Doom again somehow as the hacker tech genius, but this time he's got his sanity. He's got technology. And uh, in the ensuing chaos of uh, Galactus's impending invasion of Earth, uh, we're going to have a subplot going on on the side where he's using maneuvering and intrigue and all these different things to take over Latveria. Meanwhile, the Fantastic Four have to take on the Silver Surfer. Now, they overcome him and persuade him to assist against Galactus, kind of like in the first movie, but we're going to make it a lot cooler and much more dramatic. And we're going to do this by bringing in the Silver Surfer's backstory. As he's fighting the Fantastic Four and as he's prepping the Earth for Galactus, he's going to have flashbacks of his own planet and his wife. And Galactus came coming in and destroying his own planet, or however that works. It takes work, but the Silver Surfer agrees to slow down Galactus. And so we set up for this huge end battle sequence where we've got two things going on kind of like return of the jedi style we've got a space battle with the silver surfer taking on galactus in space and there's going to be dialogue to make it interesting where the silver surfer's arguing to spare this planet and galactus is like you're my servant i'm your creator what are you doing and back down on the earth in the midst of the chaos again, having taken control of Latveria, Von Doom is using the chaos to consolidate more power, and specifically he's trying to obtain nukes under the guise of using them against Galactus, which I guess you would want to, but in the event that Galactus is defeated, oh my, Von Doom has nukes (laughs) and a country to launch them from. So the Fantastic Four come in, and it's them versus Von Doom and his military. So we've got these two battles going on, and we're just, like, the world's about to end. Characters are having a lot of true blue moments with each other where they're working out a lot of the friction that happened in the first movie. So I'm assuming it's the same cast. 
And obviously a Fantastic Four beat Doom, at least in the form of a stalemate where he's chased back to Latveria where he stays under international law. And Silver Surfer doesn't beat Galactus, kind of like in the comics. He Galactus just agrees to spare the Earth for whatever his reason was. And that would be an awesome movie. And I would hope it would set it up for a lot more great movies to come. I, I see okay. that as being something where it would have to be the standalone Fox film. Yeah. I, I don't see that as being anywhere where you could add in um, or tie in with the Marvel Marvel Universe. Turn it into Mar- to a Marvel somewhere. I'm not sure it could be done, no. But like I said, if they would just do it right, we could forgive them for not being Marvel. Um, <laughs> Potentially. They would, have, All right. they would have to do it right. Otherwise, sell the thing back to Marvel. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, they're losing like $90 million <laughs> on this last one. So Yeah, I think they're on that path. Yeah, they're, they're probably more than willing to start uh, signing some side deals with Marvel. I don't know. Everybody's looking at the paychecks Marvel's raking in, and they don't want to surrender those Marvel characters. They're not going to do it. Well, that's kind of what Sony did. And Sony was like, well, you guys be in charge of creative. And uh, in a way, Marvel doesn't make anything off the Spider-Man movie. It's all Sony gets the profits. But because they're doing this deal, Marvel's like, we'll kick up production on toys and put Spider-Man in everything because we're the only ones that get that check. So they were willing to do that. And I could see if they did that with the Fantastic Four, then we'd begin to have Fantastic Four comics again. We'd start seeing them in toys and everything else. That would be the only way I see one of these movies actually getting kicked off is if they would sell it uh, back. This kill off the Fantastic Four thing, it kind of feels like when Google shuts itself down for a day, everybody just runs around with their heads cut off. It's, It's hilarious. Well, Preston, what I find so interesting about yours is you're literally saying Rise of the Silver Surfer didn't get it right. Just take it back to the drawing board. Literally give us that film again, but do it right. I took it to a different uh, direction where I said, you know what? Okay, this Fantastic Four film they just gave us in 2015, way off the mark. Nobody cared for it. So what could they do to possibly give us something that would get people excited again. Uh, it, well, I, again, I say <laughs> at all about uh, the Fantastic Four finally. in theaters. <laughs> finally. Yeah, there we go. And um, so what I did was I, I literally said, okay, same cast. They're probably not getting Josh Trank back, but you know, nope. a similar style director, keep the same, uh, keep the same almost attitude. I said, okay, they were kind of headed in a good direction, but what could they do to, to make it interesting? So in my scenario, it basically is, is picking up not long after they've kind of come together at the end of the film and they said, okay, yes, we're, we're willing to kind of, you know, work in tandem with the government. I got that right. Right. They, they said, yes, we'll kind of be in cooperation with you. Yeah. Um, the government pretty so, much gave them a lab to work with, yeah. with a bunch of lab rats. 
Exactly. So I thought that's what I understood. So, so basically what, what's going on there is that they're working, they have their team that works with them. Cause really that's what I realized about this film is they're really all scientists at heart. I mean, except for Ben, like they were all like just nerds. They weren't looking to be adventurers. They weren't looking for any of that, but they kind of accepted they can do something more. So now what they're doing is they're trying to kind of still do everything scientifically. And how can we solve this problem? How, you know, world hunger, that so on and so forth. Like they're using their brains to start with. And what happens is there is this guy who is working on their team with them. He gets brought in an expert. His name is Philip Masters. And so he is there and he ends up getting a sample of, of the dirt from Planet Zero that you might recall Sue, she held up to read at one point and said, look, we got this when we you know, transported our, our drone over there. And um, so he find, he starts doing experiments with the Planet Zero soil and he finds out some additional properties that when it's mixed with the DNA of an individual, so you get a skin cell, you know, blood, whatever it is, you actually now have the ability, whoever is in control of that, of that sample can now influence the thoughts of those around them. So he starts, you know, he does it accidentally at first, you know, somebody comes into his lab and he kind of uh, just starts making suggestions and they're 100% with him and, and it's never happened before. He's always kind of been the low man on the totem pole, even though he's this expert, you know, just, you know, socially nobody accepted him or agreed with him. So he's like, wow, and he starts getting this kind of feeling of power. And so now, you know, Reed, Sue, Johnny uh, and Ben uh, are all there and they're just kind of starting to notice the shift in what's happening uh, with with the staff there. Meanwhile, Ben has kind of this handler because he's trying to kind of recapture his humanity, right? He's trying to feel connected to the world, even though he's this huge rock creature. Um, so there, it just so happens that Philip Masters has a, a stepdaughter who's also uh, kind of in that realm. And she's more of a physical therapist that they bring in, but her name is Alicia. And, uh, and so she is there and she kind of just builds this bond with Ben. Meanwhile, you know, he's, he's kind of falling in love with her. And uh, Reed, of course, he is always looking for solutions and he wants to help Ben. And so he does actually come up with a way to not transform him completely human, but bring down his size and make him more humanoid, although he still has his strength. So he's, he's not like this, you know, monstrous being. And that starts giving him hope that he might be able to have a relationship with Alicia. So that's kind of going on throughout. Meanwhile, what happens is uh, Philip Masters he starts getting these grand ideas. He's just like, you know, no one's ever listened to me before. And I've always said if we we conquered this nation and if we did that. So he's very politically driven. So he starts going around to these kind of, you know, uh, influential people. And you know, he'll like, you know, give him a pinprick accidentally or whatever will happen. He starts gathering these DNA samples. He starts controlling people. And so now the world is actually starting to get thrown into chaos. And, uh, and, and the four start noticing what's going on. Reed, especially, and, and Sue are kind of keying in on, on what's uh, happening, especially when Masters quits mysteriously. So now, you know, they, they start putting the pieces of the puzzle together and they're out kind of solving different crises as, as things happen. Happen using their powers to kind of 
help here and there as they become aware. And ultimately what happens, this is where I feel that Fox is going to bring get butts in seats for this, regardless of how good this story is up to this point. <laughs> now what happens is Philip Masters becomes aware of mutants and the X-Men, which you know are, are kind of known. And now it is a Fox Marvel universe. So what happens is he gets control of a few members of the X-Men team. So he gets Iceman, he gets Colossus, he gets Kitty Pride, and you know, he get he gets maybe, you know, one more kind of wild card character and might introduce a new one. But now he has this team of X-Men that he is in control of. And just for p- people who are not comic book fans, uh Philip Masters is, is the, the puppet master. The Correct. And and I did not want to go with Doom. I did not want to go with Galactus, Silver Surfer, any of the ones we've seen. Let's give us somebody new. So here is the Puppet Master, full force, in control of superpowered beings. You have the Fantastic Four versus the X-Men. They're battling it out. And ultimately, uh, what happens is Alicia is also kind of figuring out what's happening in the meantime. And she goes, and uh, she actually is kind of the the one who figures it out in the end and is able to stop him. Um, and she, she gets in, destroys his samples, destroys his machines. And so now the four, you know, in the middle of their battle realize, you know, who the X-Men are. And what happens is, you know, the, the puppet master has been stopped. You know, the, the, you know, the disarray in the world is, will be kind of brought back into place, you know, through diplomacy and other things. We see evidence of that. But now the Fantastic Four, the X-Men are aware of each other and the, the Fantastic Four are aware of the prejudice against mutants and everything. And so now they, they start kind of building this partnership. And that's where we see that the films could kind of branch out into a larger universe. Um, but, but that was, you know, that was basically my pitch is that the, the whole point of it is that you say, you know what, Fox, you have these Marvel properties. Let's make it possible for them to interact now. Nice. Interesting. I like it. Interesting. All right. I I heard uh, I I did a bunch of podcasting listening for this one and I heard a similar story with yours Adam. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, but but the interesting thing was the Fantastic Four is put as as if it were today. Um, and there's no mention of mutants, no mention of any other superpowered people. It's like the government freaked out because this is the first superhumans they've seen. So the one way that they were able to do what you're saying is to join the two universes would be uh, via Planet Zero and the Negative Zone. Because apparently the Negative Zone is kind of this space between all of the different universes in the comics in the past. And Reed Richards uses that as his own personal, like, superhuman prison. Like, throw them out there. Like, we can't control them. We can't hold them. So we're going to put them in the Negative Zone. But it would be via the negative zone where the X-Men come in. And it it would be one of the trips he'd go to the negative zone. And in trying to get back, he lands on the X-Men planet. And it it mashed the two universes together in some way, um, pseudoscience-y. And that would be how they would interact. Because all the X-Men movies, there was like the, the 70s or the 60s, the 70s, this next one's based in, like, the 80s. So, like, there would be a history of the X-Men and powered people leading up to the Fantastic Four. 
Now, because in the X-Men, well, in depending on which X-Men that you look at, though, because, I mean, if you take X1, 2, and 3, that universe, I don't know. Because then, and then, yeah, with the Fantastic Four, like, I see what you're saying where there wasn't any mention of other superpowers, but at the same time, there wasn't much mention of anything. Really? Really? Honestly, yeah, they didn't get too deep into their world. Granted, they they could do that because Area Fifty Seven was like up in Alaska, where nobody's at. They didn't show any real cities, anything other than like the intro of the Baxter Building and the Institute. And then we're off in the woods or on Planet Zero the rest of the movie. So, granted, there could be precedence for them, but it just wasn't explicitly said all well, uh, what, one way or the other what, yeah. what if the reason the government wanted to like experiment on them harness their powers and weaponize them was because of the mutant threat that makes a lot of sense yeah, especially building off of uh, again yeah days of future past and all that ah potentially because because they didn't well, so, really so, do they didn't really do uh too much with the sentinels after they were destroyed and front of richard nixon or whatever right so i mean they're not these giant things running around the planet today and i mean i guess in this universe because the universe then of fox is it would it's just x-men and like there's no avengers there's no spider-man there's no anybody else so it's kind of like because as i recall in the comics the avengers are kind of like uncle sam's superpower people and they send them after the x-men more often than not whereas the the Fantastic Four are just kind of like the celebrities. They're just kind of everybody's buddy. Yeah, the, the, the Avengers had a period, yeah, where they were more aligned with the government. The Fantastic Four have always been kind of their own independent uh, group. Yeah, just kind of do-gooders uh, of science and, and fantasy adventure. Um, but so this is the thing. So, you know, we're, we're kind of talking about that. My question is this. Obviously, all of, all of your pitches were cosmic. All of your pitches focused on Galactus. What do we do with Galactus? Because you guys obviously feel strongly that that's a character not done right before that that needs that opportunity. Um, so the, the, really what we need to come to agreement here on at all is, is, is my pitch even on the table? Well, mine, <laughs> would you, would you, would well, you want me, to go small and keep it in the universe it's in right now, sort of? Or take it to well, the next, next opportunity. Mine wasn't very cosmic. I mean, there was a brief... You could have a brief scene where you actually see Galactus devour Ben and Johnny, but oh, then, you're, then you're doing, like, time travel to come back to today and dealing with the baddies of today and introducing Doom has come back in time and taken over Latveria and become an actual political-slash-superpower here in this time. So it's it's more of a grounded story. <laughs> it's kind grounded of a... with the time travel. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine I, I would like, say like a North Korea sort of situation where they're small yes. but they dance. <laughs> yeah. For me, like I think Adam that it, it would hinge on whether or not we're going to proceed under the premise that this is staying with Fox or this is heading back to Marvel. Because again, I think if it's heading back to Marvel, you gotta go cosmic because they've had a very limited amount of cosmic and that's where they're headed with Infinity War and beyond. Uh, But if we're doing Marvel or we're doing Fox, I think your idea is right on the money is that's exactly what Fox would do. I think, I mean, there's a couple of other elements that I think we could add in, but I think that's the the direction that I think would make a lot of sense. Yeah, obviously my my vote is like, I 
I guess I feel like I don't, I'm not so much for the, the reboot style of concept where that's just what I see when I see Galactus. I, I guess that's how I feel about it is we want to do it again and we want to see it done right and doom again and see it done right. Like, I like I feel like there there've been so many chances like like people have seen it so much that nobody wants to see Doctor Doom again in a movie. Now, you know, now, Galactus well, maybe more so though because he was so right. not involved really. You barely were aware of him in the second movie. Like he was the threat but he wasn't if that makes sense because there was no face. Well, he was also done so badly that there was nothing about him that was spoiled for nobody that hasn't That's doesn't right. know anything about him. Right, nothing was really represented. And I feel like I feel like with Galactus, yeah, I mean like one he was only seen briefly in that one film. Doom, I would agree that I don't think Doom should be the main bad guy because I mean this has been now the th- two and a half movies that he's been the main bad guy but at the same time he is like i think and that would be my vote is that there needs to be a reintroduction of doom you cannot kill dr doom he's maybe the biggest villain in all of marvel like you can't you can't kill him i highly agree now i had a second idea let me run this by you taking mostly my premise and this would be, it would be Doom's movie. Like, we would see the movie through the eyes of Doom. Essentially, it would be Doom Reborn, or Doctor Doom Reborn, something like that, where we see him heading off, ends up transported off-world, ends up on a nihilist world, and we follow him through everything that happens to him across a span of 10 or 15 years on this planet till he ends up creating the time travel device to head back to Earth and take over Latveria. And that would create pretty much a villain-centric movie where we're actually seeing that all he wants to do is go home and save his own country and just go that route where you don't even have to introduce the the cast and characters until like the very end where he's back and you see all their faces in the closing scene watching TV when Dr. Doom walks up to a microphone in front of TV cameras and says, I am Doom and I am back. I like that. I like, cause and that's, again, I, I feel like, I feel like it would be perfect for like a post credit scene to do something where like, don't give him too much, you know, because again, I think, I think, I, I think Adam's point is valid that we, people might be done with doom and they're like, we've seen, you, you know, you've tried it again and again, and we're 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 tired of him. But to like, yeah, reintroduce him somehow, yeah, like, as a subplot, not even necessarily a subplot, but just like a throw-in or what's less than a subplot? Well, that would be <laughs> my post credit, yeah, post credit scene, yeah, exactly. Post-credit, yeah. Well, so gotcha. but, but yeah, and I I think I think I I like the idea of the time travel. Uh, concept, you know, using Planet Zero, the negative zone, however you want to look at it. Again, in my in my view, like take take Doom out of it, like you say, just put him in briefly. Like there he is, and then he okay. disappears or whatever off to his adventures. But then I I do. I, I don't think, I don't know, I, I guess I, I don't feel like we need to push it towards the Marvel universe and getting it to part of that, but I still think Jeff's story, like, has, has a lot of, you know, has a lot of strength to it. So, like, if, if we were going to do, you know, a Galactus-type uh, situation, I mean, uh, I guess the, the question is, like, the, do we need a starting point 
or like, cause, cause I really love the opening of, yes, we watch like a really involved situation of Galactus devouring a planet that, you know, people were, there were actual people that you care about in the brief five minutes they're on screen before they're eaten, you know, <laughs> but like you, you see that they are good people. You see that, you know, that there's this force that's unstoppable that's on its way. Like, I think that was definitely missing from any previous introductions. Um, but where, where do we start? If that's kind of just the intro piece, where do we start the, the four, like where, where should they really be at, um, in terms of, I mean, are they just, again, staying with, you know, working for the government and what is like their most recent thing? I know Jeremy, you had him fighting the red ghost in his, uh, cosmically altered, well, the uh, super apes. Yeah. Apes. Yeah. The super apes. Well, and that's, that's an interesting, yeah. Like, cause, and then, as with all comic books, they always have their cast of like really lame villains. Like that could be a throw-in that is just like, hey, like that's that's the like we come in at the end of that battle where they're just like, hey, we win. Right. Oh, that right. would that would kind of be like the uh, the Joker scene in the Dark Knight. The IMAX opening is them rounding up or taking care of these apes, and then once that battle wraps, then we get into kind of the exposition of where everybody's at, what's going on, and. But does that make it too ridiculous one, using those characters? See, like that—that's where it that's seems like my, it would, that would be the third Tim Story Fantastic Four film would start with that, and a lot of jokes and a lot of fear, goofiness. Right, and that's that is why I think uh, Fox decided to make Galactus look like a cloud because I don't think they thought they could show a giant person that eats planets and make it be- like make people be like, "Wow, that's so scary," and not ridiculous look. If we are going to do Galactus, is that something that is achievable? On the silver screen. I think so. I, I think we're at a place because of the Marvel movies that people can accept that. Like if, you, if we're going to get Thanos is the major villain now, you know, coming up. Like I just feel I feel like people will accept whatever the original comic look of the character is. They'll take it. And I'm sure that, you know, just the way they tweak it and the way they present him, especially the way Jeff is saying you get parts and pieces to start it, he can seem more imposing he can seem more mysterious and scary people are filling in the blanks and when we finally see him you know he'll, he'll just be impressive as opposed to maybe you know he doesn't have to be the coolest thing ever but he will be impressive especially if it's an IMAX presentation of Galactus on the screen I mean can you imagine that like that's awesome remember uh, what's the thing in, in Guardians of the Galaxy there was that scene that took place on like the head the disembodied titan yeah, head nowhere. Just floating. Mm-hmm. It just looking at that, Marvel could pull it off. I think they could make a live action Galactus and make it feel cosmic on a scale all... that would just blow you away. So are, that's we're... all you need to say to Fox. Exactly. You just tell Fox that Marvel could do this. Oh, what, what, oh yeah. Well, look at this. We'll make it twice <laughs> as big. Oh, we've ruined our own movie. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Well, the good news is he never has to talk. Galactus just is. You know what I'm saying? Like, he just, a brief gesture, you know, like a nod of his head. Like, he's so massive and so everything that he is, you don't need him to have a character per se. You know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't have to. It's not as though we have to look at this ridiculous guy talking in his big purple hat with his, you know, technological horns. 
that's not what we're getting. We're getting just this force, but he's actually embodied instead of a cloud this time. I guess it's the uh, what's the one I'm picturing? I don't know, but one of them like the the, the Balrog on uh, in uh, um, Fellowship of the Ring, where it just has like mm-hmm. this mouth of like fire or something, like something along those lines, where it looks like wow, that looks like he could consume things because his. You know, he's got a pit of fire. In oh, so you, you really want to make him terrifying then. Okay. Oh, you've that's got a, to. Yeah, that, that's a case. Yeah, so he destroys planets. Well, that would he be traveling the... Like he has a human mouth. Yeah. Yeah, that would be traveling along the horror lines that they were going with for the for the yeah. original. Okay. I don't know that you go... I mean, I don't... Uh, I, I see what you're saying, and we could do something along those lines. I was just more thinking that, like... If you don't, if you don't believe that this creature could actually destroy a planet, then you're not going to take it mm-hmm. seriously. So, should right. you be terrified of it? I don't know, but you should believe that he can do what he says he's going to do. So, uh, my, my this is my thought. I'm realizing right now is that so we see Galactus eat a planet. We see that happen, and then I'm imagining in Jeremy's kind of scenario where we have the time travel and stuff. Also, I feel like there needs to be an event that something with with that with doom traveling back in time and the future fantastic four being aware like coming back to warn the the current fantastic four about galactus but that that doom's returning back in time or something he's going to do is going to set off a beacon that makes galactus aware of the earth or that his herald is aware of the earth that it's and already happened yeah way. Yeah, and then they need to now be aware of it because it wasn't something that was going to happen, and Doom traveling back in time caused it to happen, and they dealt with it. But they're, you know, they can't interfere now. They're just giving them something of a heads up, so, or do they give well, them the ultimate that... nullifier, like like the Watcher had in the original Galactus story? I don't know if you guys know about that. I... Now is that well? Because that's the other thing too is that, and that even as as we were going through all of our pitches, like th- this, like. I, I'm a little nervous about this being too much of a comic book movie. I mean, again, like we've said, that's what we love about Marvel is that they're doing this well, but they're doing it well because they're bringing the story, like, yeah, they're bringing the story to the masses as opposed to being like, well, if you get the comic book, you'll get why this is a big deal. That's the part where it's like almost like biting off more than you can chew and like, yeah, will people buy seeing a scroll like child running down the street with their green you know wrinkled chins or whatever well that was that was something i was gonna kind of suggest we don't use any of the scroll storylines that were kind of brought up because i just i feel like that is way too deep into marvel history and you know lore but but i but i feel like with jeremy's time travel element that is kind of a universal cinematic theme an idea that people can wrap their heads around that does make it accessible people can get that it does it's not a it's not exclusively a comic book type idea okay then we need to figure out what the event is and in mine it was that galactus devoured johnny and ben right and that would have to be like 20 years down the road in order for Nathan Fillion and Jessica Chastain to come back in time as future Reed and Sue. But what I'm saying is instead, because like that, I, I, my thought is that's when it did happen. And maybe that could just be a funny moment where they kind of mention, like, by the way, Ben and Johnny got eaten, you know, but that doesn't happen now. Now this happens type thing. Because Doom has traveled back in time, he's now in power type thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, that maybe they weren't even aware that that was occurring. You know, he's in Latveria, you know, history 
had changed, but they didn't, you know, they knew Victor before that happened and they didn't realize, they don't know about Latveria, that all his secret machinations behind the scenes, you know, that he's concocting. And now they're aware of that threat and he does, that's the thing. What does, what would doom do that would cause that to, you know, something he's trying to achieve that then, you know, gets Galactus's attention. Now I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember, I think it was one of the cartoons where doom ends up becoming a herald of Galactus. And maybe that's something that happens in the future and Hmm. it would tip off or maybe that's what happens after he's uh, fully suited up by the Annihilus planet. And in escaping Galactus, he has now called um, Galactus to planet Earth. Yeah, that could work. There we go. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think that has a lot of lot of power to it. So, and now okay, the only so thing wait, I was thinking if, of. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say. So, so building off of that, when we left Doom in this last movie, he was on that planet Zero, getting like absorbed into the energy or something like well, that. He right? Went, and he, got he went up into the sky and disappeared. Right. So maybe that's. Or something like that, where it's like the intro is some point early on in the movie is that we see Galactus or maybe even one of Galactus' heralds coming across Doom's, you know, dead body or, you know, lifeless body or whatever and bringing it back to serve him or something. Maybe that maybe that's it. where uh, the Silver Surfer runs into him and he takes him to the Annihilus planet to get his suit. But I mean, but, hmm. but that would be, but like, it doesn't make sense that, that a current Herald, unless, you know, we're somehow saying Galactus is wanting multiple Heralds now. Doesn't he always you know, have more than one? Up. He only has I one? Don't, I don't recall well, he that had, being a part of it. He had Terex too. And, right. Oh, I guess you're but right. Were they all at okay. different times? I, I don't I, remember. Because I, I always thought it, I always thought it was separate, you know, because he had, he had Nova, he had Terex, you know, he had, he had all of them and. At different periods, even even Dazzler. Anybody? Oh my goodness! <laughs> Dazzler um, became the herald of Galactus, the X Men mutant disco uh, light show throwing. Yeah, a gal. So yeah, that that was a different uh, situation. Well, but um, well, maybe it's just the Silver Surface being a nice dude, and he's like, "Hey, you don't belong here." And he's like, "I know where these guys can help you," and takes him over, and he well, gets well, helped see, out. I, I feel like the Silver Surfer's such a big character, you can't just throw him away like that. What if? If Doom. Oh, we don't have to kill him off right now. Well, but like, but introducing him at all, people are going to feel really teased. And what I'm saying is, what if that moment that Doom died at the end of the first film was Galactus selecting him as a herald at that moment? So he went up into the sky, oh, okay. and and that was Galactus actually grabbing him, and we that we were interpreting it differently. So Galactus needed a new herald. He saw him at that moment and grabbed him. And then he gives him his Doom armor and body and configures him that way, the traditional Doom look. Hmm. Except for, like, Maybe. so then how are we... Yeah, The time travel. I, I mean, yeah, how does he break still, free and all that? Well, that I was more I, thinking I could, about the intro of Galactus, where we were still, you know... I mean, I well, guess, like... Use that. You still do that. That's what I'm saying. But then the maybe, maybe... next scene... So as he's he devours whatever world he's on, and then when he turns and we see him leave, we also see him reach out and grab something, and that's when he's got doom in his hand, and he can sense the power coming off of him because of the power from that planet. There you go. And he chooses him as his new herald. Now we don't have to say this: Silver Surfer's gone, come and gone. Maybe that's the uh, the turning point is Doom has been his herald for a few years and mm-hmm. somehow tricks him into using the Silver Surfer as the new herald and gets out of it. 
Well, my thought is even and like it's so maybe it's something we don't have to show. Well, the, the conflict is because this is my this is tying back into the time travel that I don't think it's something we have to show like Doom betraying Galactus and all of those things happening. I think that's something future Reed and Sue explain. Okay. And then all, all we see is at a certain point uh, Doom like escaping from Galactus, traveling back in time, however we represent that. And that'll be established, you know, just, you know, the way they film everything. And so... So and then Reed and Sue, future Reed and Sue, explain that they explain the consequences to the you know the present day Fantastic Four, and then that's really where it's kicking off. And they, what they're t- telling them is Galactus is coming for you because now he's going to recognize Doom's signature. He's going to recognize his energy signature, and he's going to come for the Earth, and he's going to be aware of it, and he's going to want to devour it in addition to trying to reclaim Doom. Okay, and I'm seeing this exposition played out as the the same style as, like, the uh, the Deathly Hollows from Harry Potter with, like, the paperish type animations so that sure. you, can, you can cloud Doom without having to do too much CGI there, and so you don't ever get a full look at him. You're only seeing bits and pieces as he reaches out or fixes him up. And it would be something that would break the norm of going like a full-on IMAX exposition of the story of what happened. Yeah. And then I think the next step is that the four go to Latveria, right? And Sue Storm has to use a little bit of... She knows Victor is interested in her. She's got to use a little bit of that to get them through the door type thing. Use her feminine wiles. Exactly. And and then they're there negotiating kind of with him, but he's like, I've felt the power. I know what it is. And, and it, it scares me, but I also want it back and all sorts of kind of stuff like that. What, what was your thought, Jeff? Well, we've now made Doom the big bad again. I mean, he's not the main conflict, mm-hmm. but he's the main. I mean, they have to, he's the one that brings Galactus towards them. They have to go and they have to go and, you know, deal with him. And he's still. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's similar time. to the Rise of the Silver Surfer, where they teamed up with Doom supposedly. Okay. to do that because that was my but, next. That was my next question: yeah. is are we going to team them up? Because they would have to team up, and I'm assuming well, we're, we're making this a standalone Fox film because sort of, but any, I mean, he can easily reject a, them. Uh, right and that's the problem is they have to now find a way to solve it on their own and it doesn't they can't stop doom he's too powerful like so they have to find another way to to essentially contact Blackness or 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 have other beings that help them you know the x-men there we go (laughs) yeah bringing in the x-men see it's scary and it was kind of like we did on our previous podcast where we don't want to bring in too many characters because then that can you know sure weigh it down quite a bit but like what if what if we i mean i guess because then with the whole plot so now the plot is kind of like dealing with doom now that he's come back and yada 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 um what if like what if we switched it around and so it starts the way you kind of talked about where, you know, that he devours the planet and then maybe we even see from his perspective, from Galactus's perspective, we see the final events of the last Fantastic Four film. Or, but maybe we can't recognize what it is. We just see the bright light or something like that. And then, yeah, he reaches down. But then maybe, like, that's the last we see of that. We don't actually see Doom and so then we just know that Galactus is coming and they need to figure out how to deal with it and how what's going to go, what's going to go on. And then at the end, we figure out that the reason that he was coming is because Doom and yada, yada, yada. So maybe Doom comes back and asks for the Four's help to stop this cosmic being 
And it isn't until like the third act turn where we find out, oh, this is actually your fault, Victor. Oh, that could work. So it's more he's now, coming do... back and he's asking for their help, which would be a whole completely turn on their head from everything else, because typically it's everybody else asking, hey, Doom, we need your help this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that that could be something. Now, the other thing is, again, I, I mean, I guess we could bring in the Silver Surfer, but I just feel like I don't want to involve him. I just want like Jeff's idea... A, Jeffrey, you're the one that said to bring in Nova, right? The, you like the flame hair. Well, actually, it but wasn't that Nova. I was, talk- yeah. I was talking about oh, really? was it Fire Lord. Oh, Fire Lord. Yeah. Fire Lord was the <laughs> I was picturing. It uh, looks even okay. more ridiculous. But... Yeah. But like, what if it was a team of heralds? Because they're sending them back to get Victor. Like, like Galactus is sending them in addition to... like, So he did assemble multiple heralds this time so that he couldn't necessarily be betrayed you know that he always turned two against one or whatever you know and maybe so then they come and that's kind of more of like the action in the middle of the film is like they're there you know checking out the planet fighting for doom and now the four kind of defending him to a certain extent while defending the planet while they're trying to sort out what they can do to resolve you know this this issue Hmm. how do they how how do how do they defeat galactus well, see that. So that's the question: Are we going to say that Doom has to be returned to the future where he became the Herald of Galactus, and therefore that will, you know, resolve the, you know, the the time paradox or whatever we're saying is 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 really um, additionally an, an issue? Or do we want to say that they just make peace with Galactus and Doom is able to stay who he is and stay there. I think Jeff's point earlier is you can't kill Doom, right? He needs to exist in that universe. Right. So it sounds to me like they need to like like the conflict was resolved in the co- the comics, the original coming of Galactus, they basically just showed him that the planet was worth saving and should not be devoured. That's what I was kind of getting to earlier is Uatu the Watcher gave them this device that allowed them essentially to kind of communicate with Galactus and show him those things and therefore spared the earth. I don't know if the watcher is actually part of the license for Fox. Well, that's what I'm saying. So maybe it's not the watcher, it's future Reed and Sue. That's where I was going was they bring back the device. Well, because I think so like, they're not that's, at least right, at least in the comic book, um, the point like the the point of the heralds was to find an uninhabited planet for him to consume, because he's not supposed to be consumed. Like that's not what he does as a force of nature. Right. So it's kind of int- like that could be the change is that when he gets a new herald, that all of a sudden he's starting to devour inhabited planets. And that's the problem. Uh, and so that's why they need to figure out. So then it could turn into a conflict if Doom is that herald. It could turn into a conflict between the Fantastic Four have to... Maybe they have to replace Doom. They have to find a new herald. Maybe that's oh, the, yeah. the okay. how you win. So Doom, I, in his as a herald, is pointing him towards uh, inferior life form planets. And he... Future Reed and Future Sue are like, we need to stop this because it's not going to end well for the Earth. Right. So in my mind, then, what that tells me is we need to introduce a new character. And it could be, you know, in this case, for example, 
the Nova we've been talking about. Her name was Frankie Rage. I think she was dating Johnny Storm for a while, and then she became the Herald of Galactus. I think that's how that worked out. Is, so that might have just been my she, recollection from the. Is she human, or what? What's what's her affiliation? Like Nova, I don't believe they can use that name. Well, right, because yeah, Marvel has it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. Um, what if instead of that, though, like, what if we introduce Norn Rad? What if we, this is how the Silver Surfer becomes the Silver Surfer? Oh, wow. So it's not Zen La. We're actually going, wow, that would have a lot of people up in arms, but <laughs> well, could we I, do I it? think that I could mean, be like, a great way to do it, though. Well, no, but that's my thought, is that because it's because it's future read and future, because they show up and say, in the future, he's going to come and he's going to attack the Earth, so you need to go into outer space because you need to stop him before he he gets here so they could go to zen law that could be his like they could do it real and do all that sort of stuff like that and that that's kind of that's the trade is that one of the people on that planet steps forward and says you know i'll do it wait wait go go back for me on that so wait how the pl- which planet are we talking about or where like it seems so, like that would be if it's not Earth, like it, and you're just all of a sudden at a different planet. Right. Well, because that would be my thought is that the reason that the future Reed and Sue show up is that because in the future he's going to attack the Earth. So and 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 a, a, a considerable time in the future. So to prevent that, you need to go into outer space to and find him so that you can stop him before he gets here. And so the planet they could find him on, they could go to, you know, the Silver Surfer's home planet of Zen La, and they could actually, that's where they have the conflict, they fight Doom, blah, blah, they figure out the only thing is someone needs to step forward, Norman Rad steps forward, we invent the Silver Surfer at the same time, some people may be happy because, you know, we're doing it better than the last one. My other thought is, going along with the well, Nova I mean, thing, that, that is what if thought, someone needs to step forward and cosmic, says we need you know, a gives herald. them a little bit of space adventure. Yeah, I, right. I think that, what that could the, be... Okay, because then my other thought was if we don't want to bother with the Silver Surfer, the other thought was someone needs to step forward and become the Herald and Johnny Storm steps forward and says, I will do it. And so then the, the Human Torch becomes this Herald and that's the dun-dun-dun that they end the movie with they're now only the Fantastic Three and they have to replace Johnny Storm. Okay, that's what I was saying. Or, or we introduce another character that just, you know, eventually like shows that they have good character, that shows that they are a heroic individual that is associated with the four somehow, and then they eventually make that choice. Like, you know, they are they're assisting in some way on the mission, and then they make that choice, you know, to do it so you don't break up the four. Although, I mean, I like that idea, but if it's I guess because my my concern is that if it's a self-contained film, then it seems like if it's self-contained film, then what are you doing? You're you're getting you know you've you've now left it on a cliffhanger, and I guess they would plan to do a third one in this case because that's what everybody does now. But if it, but if it was going to be self-contained, you'd want to leave the team intact and have a, another character make that choice to leave, and you're like, okay, they're gone, you know, but we don't miss them in the next movie if they make one. What do you think about that? There was a Willie Lumpkin. He well, he was the, he was the mailman at yeah. the Baxter Building. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe the four of them are standing there, facing whoever the current Harold uh, is or something. And Willie steps up and is like, "I'll do it." Wasn't Willie <laughs> in the movie? It was Stan Lee, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, Stan yeah. Lee played Willie Lumpkin. That's true. 
but like but like i guess like that's the only you know thing is uh, do we do we need to keep it in continuity then and and re- really grab a character that did do it i'm sure comic fans would care uh, about that nobody else would but it, it always helps but i mean because because jeff i like your idea of having johnny sacrifice himself it just seems like such a major choice that it might affect well, the entire future of the franchise right i should point out that actually did happen that actually I, happened i believe so it? yeah yeah that happened in issue 520 january 2005 and not that i know <laughs> I that by heart i just looked that up on yeah Wikipedia. <laughs> don't worry but yeah, so I mean, I don't know the. I've never read that issue, so I don't know how that exactly happened. But yeah, that would seem. And then, because then it's the same thing too. Like I'm assuming they did in that issue is that he stood in for a while, and you know, then in the next movie, then you could do a whole introduction of the Silver Surfer or something like that. And so somebody takes okay. over. All right. I don't quite yeah. get why the Silver Surfer is such a big deal, but it, apparently he is. Everyone really wants to see him. So yeah, again, so like off, it, you know, he's, he, is it just me or is it so ridiculous that there's this hero that's a silver guy on a surfboard? Like it seems so <laughs> ridiculous. It's so beloved. Have you seen for that uh, fact. the way that the Fairly Odd Parents make fun of him, the Silver Spooner? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> he's like flamboyantly gay in a tight silver spandex outfit it's you got to go look that up wow but actually jeff your your comment there then sort of makes sense to me it's like you know what let's just plan for a third film because that's where it would go and then like you say yeah now the silver surfer actually does become a part of it since galactus was you know looming but he wasn't a major force again but then he could be like fully revealed in the third film which we don't need to figure out the story for but <laughs> I mean, but I, I still think you can get a lot out of, of the situation. Now, are we doing, do you guys like the idea of multiple heralds coming down at all? Or, well, you know what I'm saying? You, like, you and, have and that's who they battle. You would have to have something to where the Fantastic Four could battle, and they'd have to have something formidable. So, yes, I would say let's use some of the stable of heralds and have them come down. Um, and then now are we doom as a herald is that the is that the thought well they're, they're there to retrieve doom yeah doom was and... a formal her or a former herald because terax seems to be an easy one where even though he right. looks ridiculous in the comics but his ability to like you know raise the ground and attack people with chunks of dirt that seems very especially against the thing like that seems like a pretty good exactly yeah battle. Right. and then fire lord obviously fighting johnny that that would work very well that's true. And then maybe you do and then maybe you do I mean the Nova Frankie Ray, you know, character, she could have it they would give her a different name maybe, but she could fight, you know, Sue on some level. Maybe they would modify her powers a little bit to be something slightly different. And you know again, you know, we don't have to have one for each of them. It could be that like, Just you know, two or three Reed of them and, would do. Reed and Ben have to take on Terax, you know, and maybe Johnny and Sue fight Fire Lord and that's it. You know, you just have the kind of the two team two teams from the team taking on the two heralds that right. come down or something well and i think too that's the thing like and again that was well no i guess that wasn't lost it just was done but not well in the last movie is that that's kind of one of the things that make the fantastic four so unique is they actually work together unlike most of our other that's, superhero yeah. teams that kind of do their own thing their their, their powers complement one another okay so, I mean, it sounds like we pretty much have it nailed down as, as to the direction we're headed with it. Um, now, as far as casting, I mean, for the most part, I mean, we pretty much have 
all the same cast coming back, right? I, so our one our one casting we would have to do would be an actual Doctor Doom. Because he's playing ten to fifteen years into the future, so he's older. Uh, that's cool. That's a good reason to recast, kinda like right. you were saying before, where okay. we get somebody more formidable. So who's the ideal right. Doctor Doom? That's the question. Well and with Doctor Doom though, <laughs> now are we gonna ever see his face? I don't think we it's could go Darth maybe. Vader on this, where it's it's yeah. just a stunt man that does all the action, and I there might be one scene like when they're putting the mask on him, and that's it. And so you wouldn't even have to see a full body shot of it. So even like Morgan Freeman could be the the face double. <laughs> but yeah, just yeah, or even the, the last yeah. guy could be. I mean, he might not appreciate it. We're replacing well, you, but can we use your face? Granted, we could use him in the beginning because that would be when Doom is picked up by Galactus. It would be right, at that point, and then we go to a more mature actor for the voice and the body and the future of Doom. No, I just heard it in my brain. Hugo Weaving. Come on. Oh, he'd be amazing. Of course. Wouldn't he be? He's given us so many oh, great performances. Just, oh, I have uh, chills already. The only thing is British. He be- he becomes British. Is he going to do uh, a, a American accent, Hugo Weaving? Or uh, um, I feel like his accent is more formal than British. Hmm. Okay. And again, things have changed, right? He's gone through some changes in his life. He was a herald of Galactus. That could add some regal nature to, to your speaking tone and voice and attitude. So, okay. I mean, I, I was, for some reason in my mind, I was going with John Hamm just because like, I felt like it would be something a little bit different for him to do, but he could be dramatic, but he wouldn't have to be him. You know what I'm saying? It's just his voice, enough, but he though? would probably do like a character voice. He's so likable that's his whole thing well that's the mm. point you know he's playing against type and it's just for the most part yeah. a voice you know and maybe you see him in shadow at a certain point when like sue goes to talk to him or something like that you know but like it's not about him being john ham it's the performance he gives our our only you know? issue with uh hugo weaving would be he does not want to do a long contract which is why he's no longer the Red Skull in the Marvel Universe. Oh. That's why they've wow. never brought him back is because he didn't want to come back. So they're they're slow playing it so that people kind of forget him and they'll reintroduce him down the road. But uh, we Maybe have he to... would think this was such a great role he couldn't turn no. it down. Exactly. It's completely exactly. convinced. And, and not <laughs> only that, but we're that only asking universe. for his voice. There's a lot less that's required of him. Hugo Weaving is the voice. Come on. He can do all that he wants. Just spend, you know, an hour and a half and record these things, and then you can do whatever you want. I mean, he did multiple Transformers films as Megatron. Come on. And all he had to do was a voice. I think they could talk him into this. Maybe. Maybe. Uh But outside of that, I mean, I guess if we're talking about the Heralds, but I feel like they could either be very CG or they would just be, you know, they don't have to be like, incredible actors to come in and blast people you know like like we're not looking for like they have to have some some presence and be of interest but i don't, I don't know if the the heralds would be that big a deal to, for i mean especially unless there's somebody you yeah, really want to see they're not if they're not major hmm. yeah like they don't have many lines or anything like that yeah i mean who, who's galactus i just love the idea that like somebody should be cast as galactus but they were just like the body scan of this person was used for galactus he doesn't say anything what was the guy's name his name wasn't baba o'reilly was it but you guys know the the the, the song by the who teenage wasteland mm-hmm. and that the 
the the intro the dun, 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 with all the t- the techno whatever is that they yeah. put the body dimensions of i think his name was baba o'reilly they put it into the synthesizer and that's the sound that came out wow that's pretty cool <laughs> how can we do that just synthesize somebody's body structure <laughs> into the sound of galactus <laughs> the galactus yes. theme that's awesome wow that is no that's great Who, whose body structure do we want in there <laughs> whose if, digital body the rock? That, if they're what's not the name that will ferrell always makes fun of um uh oh, oh uh diego luna that's what it is he always Ooh. says Diego Luna. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Robert Goulet. I don't know. Frank Stallone. Frank Stallone. Done. Wow. There it is. And then Norm MacDonald makes a comeback for update just as soon as the movies come out. You guessed it. Frank Stallone. All right. Now, I mean, and then as far as poster art, what are you guys thinking for this one? Uh, do we want to talk director on this first off? Oh, hmm. Like, yeah, it's a new element, obviously, because we know he's not coming back. Yeah, yeah. he wouldn't be coming back. <laughs> um, I'm fine with that, to be honest with you. I wasn't all that impressed. <laughs> so The only big name that I think would even tackle something like this um, would probably be Michael Bay. Really? You're going to dip his toe into actual superheroes, finally. Right. I mean, there's plenty of CGI for him to play around with. I mean, we could even have... Wow, that would be a he vastly would, different film. Yeah. He would do slow-mo Galactus. Exactly. <laughs> um, hmm. well, he's used to dealing with giant creatures, that's for sure. Right. I mean, you uh, would have to... Michael Bay Galactus. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we just put Unicron in there somewhere, make him fight? <laughs> right. Um, you, you'd have to go with a director with name bravado because that's the yeah. only way anybody is going to even come near this film. Well, what about what about if you got... Uh, I mean, Again, I don't know how huge he is right now his last movie i don't think was super well received but neil blomkamp i think is somebody who could give it an interesting feel and look and attitude from district nine and uh what was that one with matt damon he did i can't even remember what it was called uh, i want to say leviathan but that wasn't it oh Elysium, yeah but i don't know he, about, i think he'd be interested because he's got a lot of sci-fi to him what about the hunger games guy francis lawrence why do you like him jeff I don't know. Just vision-wise, I feel like some of the, the the vision that he you know portrays would be somewhat similar. Name-wise, he's definitely a name these days because if you can say by the director of the Hunger Games, it's like right, oh well, right. all right, okay. we'll give you a shot. And he's used to dealing with younger actors. You're right that that are kind That's of true. growing into their own. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that works. I, I think that they, like you say, just the name recognition factor alone. Fox would be behind that, I'm sure. <laughs> we got to get somebody. Okay. And now, so so we got that in place, and that's that's definitely going on the poster um, <laughs> from yes, the director definitely. of the exactly. But what what is the uh, what is the imagery like? What what are we thinking is going to propel this forward? I guess the other question is the name of the film, if if it needs to be. I mean, like. Je- Jeremy, I love your name just because again it ties into the comics. That's definitely got some history behind it. Um, I almost thought I I don't know like if 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 something like I I was thinking redemption, but I don't know like Fantastic Four redemption, <laughs> but I don't know if that really plays in. And I don't well, think it's quite right. That that actually might that. work. That might but it's work. It's so literal. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's, look, we're, that's we're tooting a really big horn. <laughs> right. Right. Wait, who are we redeeming other than the franchise? Right. <laughs> well, 
That, that's We're not actually saying, redeeming like, I, Doctor Doom, are we? Well, um, I'm not really, but I, I feel like, I don't know, there probably have to be a story element, I guess, yeah, that we didn't quite discuss, where maybe Johnny does sacrifice himself, but then Victor gives it up at the end and says, you know what, I'll do it. You know, he wants that power back, for, oh, you know, no, regardless of the cost. Yeah, no, he wouldn't yeah, do that. Yeah, would be that noble, yeah. Well, but maybe for Sue he would or something, you know? That's, oh. a, that's sort of character, but... Then we're treading more on Hunger Games here. Yeah. Um, what about... I, I mean... Do something like, you can't say the word Galactus, because like we've said, that w- name has been tainted. We need to we need to earn that first. Right. It could but just be Hunger. Like Galactus Four. is Hunger, a tiger to the Hunger Games. <laughs> Fantastic Four. I don't Hunger. think we want to even put Fantastic Four in the title. Or, really? Yeah. Or Fan Four Stick. We don't yeah. want to put that in there. Interesting. So, or what if it was just F4? Or just the number four. Name. Yeah. Um, because that was the nice thing, too, is that if you look at one of the posters, which is sad, again, like some of the things they were doing leading into this was going well. And I mean, like, I, I really like the one poster they did that was just the number four with kind of like smoke around it. And it was like in a metal frame or whatever. That looked cool. But then we can't really call the next one four as well. Um, I mean, what if it was like World Breaker or something like that, you know, or just, just like it's sa- bad, it sounds epic. Bad. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like and like because I, I like the idea of like, you know, also maybe, you know, just tying into the poster art if we were playing up the Galactus angle, even though people won't really know what it's about. But, you know, if it was World Breaker, you know the devourer or whatever it ends up being, you know, like you, you just have the hand of Galactus or something like reaching over the earth or something. That might be a little too Spielberg war of the worlds, but, um, but you know, exploding. or yeah. Well, okay. So like with like the four logo type thing, and there's just like an explosion in space of a, that, that almost seems too general to me. Like it doesn't get enough across, but maybe, well, maybe a planet is not fully exploded. Like exploding, I think what you're saying, breaking apart or something. Right. Well, that would be the nice thing as a tagline. I don't know so much about a title, but it seems like a cool tagline could be he is coming or something. Like that seems like Ooh, a very yeah. ominous. But then, yeah, I mean, well, let's just throw it out. Could we call it Fantastic Four Galactus? We yeah. could. I, I just don't know that it would grab the general public as much. And I, I wonder if, but I like the idea of with your tagline, what if it was just fantastic for like the coming like instead of the, well maybe there were too many jokes about that but like instead of the coming of galactus it's just you know like something like, or the arrival or something like that that's an, i think that's already a movie title but exactly all of these titles suck <laughs> thank you preston thank well, you for being see? here make Feel a bad. recommendation then dude up like no, just kidding a, uh, Play up a second coming, dreadful day of the Lord kind of feel, but with one of those drab, horror, walking dead kind of anticipations. And don't say it. Just make it feel that way. And people mm. will pay attention. Okay. Well, because maybe that could be the name of the film. So last one was in four stick. Maybe this one is just F4. That's the title of the film. But the imagery around it is what's selling it or something like that. And the, from the director of The Hunger Games and then... You have the, you know, he is coming type thing. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, and then the imagery of a world, you know, endangered or breaking apart or whatever. So that's like, you know, there, there is a mystery to it. And that's like a big part of the marketing is kind of, 
comic book people would spoil it for everybody, but you know, like they could do little reveals here and there of whatever it was going to be. Okay, but at the same time, we already had that with this movie. They embargoed it. They didn't let people review it. They were very coy on what was actually going on with their advertising. They didn't even put out real good trailers until like a month before. And that was only because they were like, oh, crap, we got to get this out kind of thing. But but I, I, I that's what I've said. They would do it with this one. They would give it to you, but in more fun ways. And like the idea, like being like, if they had a fake news report of things being spotted in space. What, type like thing, Marvel like, did? Oh, really? Yeah, Marvel did that for Age of Ultron. No, wait, Ant-Man. Ant-Man, they were doing the fake news report viral commercials online. Well, that, that well, yeah, that Again? that's a, that's a that goes back to the to Dark Fox? Knight, though. Right. That's not a big deal, right? It's we can true. we can you tell just say them, that hey, to Fox, and go, well, you know, Fox did that. Oh, well, we'll we'll actually do it then. We'll fly into space. <laughs> um, I but yeah, because I I don't think that's so bad. I think it's what you're doing with it, well, you know, how you're making it interesting, and it's been done, but. Still, but you know, again, Fox is not anything new. Like they, like you said, prove of this. This sort of worked. Yeah, before. I, I really want to <laughs> stay away from even putting Fantastic Four or F Four or Fan Four stick on on the poster. Like hmm. something else that we can put as the title. Maybe it just that's has all to you be have it. to yeah. do is put Galactus, and then that's it. And then you can put down yeah. the little in the center at the bottom. Put the the f4 in a box kind of thing and so that it really you're playing off of the other characters you're not going off of anything that would be fantastic four related because you search fantastic four you get all of the all of the crap from the other four movies that didn't go anywhere yeah, and you do get, it's kind of a same, you know, a similar vibe and feel to like Gattaca or like, you know, like you just, ha- it's kind of this, this strange name and you're like, what is it, you know, what is it all about? What does it mean? What is it, you know, like, like just, you know, yeah, because it, it does make it sound more epic just using the word Galactus. And maybe that's, so, that's our title, Galactus. Yeah, not giving it away, like what he does. It's just like, what is Galactus? You know, people are just like, oh, okay. And they start getting more information about it. They're like, okay, okay. Okay, but I mean, does that work for everybody? Can we come to an agreement on that then? Just Galactus. Uh, Galactus, that's that's it? Yeah, I mean, just keeping it that simple. It still says too much, I think. Well, I mean, you really, like we had Age of Ultron, like really. Yeah. But and we need to draw people back in and Galactus, you know, has the name that he might be able to do that. And, And maybe just on the... On the poster somewhere, we put a fantastic story or some cheesy little tie-in so we don't have to say it's the Fantastic Four movie, but it's there for people to find. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and like you said, yeah, if you put the FF or just the four in like the corner, the bottom corner or something. Right. Yeah, people would get it and it'd be clear enough. So, okay. Well, it yeah, could, that's cool. uh, now, what about, I mean, I mean we don't need a soundtrack. It could technically be the subtitle. But we're using it as the working title. But like on legal paperwork, it's the Fantastic Four Galactus or something. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. When it's listed. Yeah. In in the newspaper or whatever, maybe. But, um, you know, as far as the music goes, I mean, the last one wasn't a very trendy film. I don't know that. I mean, like if we're talking about the guy with the Hunger Games, I mean, the Hunger Games was all scored, right? It didn't necessarily have 
pop music associated with it, did it? Yeah, no, no. We'd stick to superhero scores. Yeah, just epic scores. Although, so. yeah, I would. Oh gosh, I'd still love to bring in. I don't know some of those Dis- some of those Disney guys or building off of the last one. And you guys touched on it. This does feel darker than a lot of the other superhero movies, not the DC ones, but than a lot of the other Marvel ones. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that's one of the things I love about like Danny Elfman's score for the the Tim Burton Batman's is it actually gave Batman a theme that you walked out of that movie theater and every time you'd hear that dun, 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 you'd be like oh it's the Batman theme right they don't really do themes anymore and I wish they did but it's not a th- I guess it's not the way culture is going well that that might be something that we get let's let's shoot for Danny Elfman to see if we can get him attached to it and that way we've got a big name director big name music and kind of show that hey we're actually doing something decent this time yeah or is there any chance of getting John Williams do you think they could swing it <laughs> with that cosmic feel to it you feel like you could get him. him involved yeah I don't want to sully <laughs> that's him that's true <laughs> Just in case. Yeah. Does he have a son? Anybody? (laughs) Bart Williams. No, I think Paul Williams passed away. I don't think they're actually related, just the last name. Could could we get Paul McCartney in to do a a score? Sure. Like a live and let die situation. Okay, so we've talked directors, we've talked music, we've talked even a poster, and do we have any final thoughts on this? Give it to Marvel. (laughs) Right. Right, that's Ditto. kind of the consensus. In our, in our I do. Dreams. I have to say, I have to say for Adam, like, I'm, I, 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 I think your direction of incorporating their universe, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, however, I don't think Fox will ever do that. Uh, yeah. you know, my guess is that they, you know, and it's so weird. Like we've talked about, and it's so difficult in talking about this is that Fox's approach has always been. People will never buy the actual story that was written. We have to change the entire thing is the only way to make it into a film, which has been so frustrating for people that actually enjoy the original stories. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, they're not they've never really catered to the fans. They've never really given us what we wanted. They said this is basically how we do movies and this is what we're going to. You know, and, and despite the fact of having, you know, Avi Arad and I mean, he's the only one I think who has kept them somewhat on track with having some connection to the comics, you know. Wait, Fox? Um, was Fox, yeah. He's not part of Fox. He's with Sony. But but what I'm saying, but I feel like, he, didn't he have some involvement in any, you're saying he wasn't in on any of, like, the X-Men uh, stuff, just Lorne Donner? I thought he was in, yeah, maybe I don't I'm know. misremembering. I feel like he's a consultant on, like, every Marvel movie, like, uh, that isn't uh, the current stuff. Like, the, the pre-Marvel Studios Marvel stuff, I'm pretty sure Avi Arad had a hand in, like, everything. Yes, on he, some was, he was up there. So, yeah, yeah. He, he might have in the early going. Mm-hmm. I mean, he definitely was involved in the Fantastic Four movies, I'm almost certain, like... He he was he had a big part in that yeah. in getting that developed, but um, but yeah, but anyway, but yeah, like so, I it's not likely, but I I feel yes, the, you know, just to agree with myself and agree with Jeff, I feel like if they could just do that, they would they would really save themselves, like that's because they are going to lose all their properties, all they're going to have is X Men, they're going to have to give up everything else, and like like to me like that that's the only thing they could do at this point that would make them worth you know make it worth going to see their films and even with that i feel like 
they are one bad X-Men moving away, a movie away from even that going south on them. Like this one, the, the, what is it? Age of apocalypse coming up. Yeah. I, I am very hesitant. It was sad too, because I was thinking about with Fox is that if it wasn't for their X-Men first class, like forget it. Like that whole thing was done. Like it was dead until X-Men first class breathed some new life into it. Correct. So if they can't keep that going. Yep. Well, I think that's it. So, we uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to us and giving us your time. And uh, we look forward to hearing your thoughts. So go ahead and check us out on Twitter. Make sure you uh, you know shoot us an email. Do whatever you want to do to let us know what your thoughts and ideas would be. Do you agree? Do you disagree? You know, just, let, just let us hear what's going on in your mind. And we just want to let you know that uh, we do have a special Christmas episode coming up next week. And then we will be taking a, a brief break for the holidays. Uh, all right. So with that, we will bid you farewell. But until next time, beware the coming of Galactus. We thank you for joining us for this episode of Sequel Quest P.O.D. We hope you'll return next time when we discuss another film that never was. For more made-up movie fun, visit SequelQuestPod.com to see the schedule of films to be discussed in upcoming episodes, fan art submissions, and more. Follow us on Twitter at SQPod and share your ideas on our Facebook page. The films and characters discussed on Sequel Quest P.O.D. are the property of their respective studios and license holders. No copyright infringement is intended. This is not going well. It was which the is most not fun something that a lot of people can say. Okay, hold on. One at a time now, boys. This is not going well. The Human Torch or Preston. I'm pretty hot stuff. Very nice. What just happened? Okay, let's. Uh, Preston, take that again. This is not going well. Yes, we uh, we went to the theater and we survived this massacre. Oh, yeah, that was, that's probably not something to reference here. We survived this movie. This is not going well. Also, with his adopted daughter Sue Storm, who uh, can seek out patterns by turning on her music. And concentrates really hard. <laughs> Sorry. And then... <laughs> this is not going well. All right. So until next time, we bid you farewell. Okay, Sorry, you... let me do that again. Yeah, Just until again. next time. <laughs> All right. So until next time. Goodbye. 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 Jeff, take it again. <laughs> okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. Preston, Preston take it again. Goodbye. This is not going well. So until next time. Goodbye. Farewell. Jeff. Beware the coming of Galactus. Goodbye. 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 (laughs) This is not going well.